Welcome to the SOB Podcast. Everything fun about family dysfunction with your hosts, Shannon Livingston and Joe Lobosco. This podcast covers it all from mobsters to motherhood and strip clubs to Sunday school with candid conversations on everything from surviving to thriving. Welcome to the very first episode of the SOB podcast, which, yes, does stand for Son of a Bitch. I'm Shannon Livingston, and here with me is my co-host and grown son, Joe Labosco. Hey. And we also have in the 239 studio, Tim Jarrett, making sure that we don't steal anything. I'm here. I'm here. I'm keeping my eyes on you guys. I, I, I checked you when you came in, check you when we leave. I'm not the one you need to worry about. I know. I know. Those are good instincts. Those are good law enforcement instincts. <laughs> uh, so today we are going to talk about um, us, me, my favorite topic, and a little <laughs> bit uh, about Joe. And I'm glad that you're here, Tim, because we do need an audience. We work better that way. Yeah, and I, you know, can clap every now and then, you know, smile a little have bit. To Please, yeah, please it's, do. It's, I'm, I'm here. I just, I'm here to listen and take it in. Well, and you really started this podcast. Uh, not only are you helping us produce it in this beautiful studio, but you're kind of the one that uh, that pushed me to do it. I was a guest on your podcast, Two Three Nine Uncensored. Yeah, so Two Three Nine Uncensored is fun when you come on it. It's We're really fun. fun. <laughs> and, and I did invite myself, right? Yeah. And, well, no, I, I think did. no, I, I think you I get you in there. You, yeah. And I was like, I love your show. Yeah. And, here when are you, all the when, things I could talk about if I was when, a guest. You hear about Shannon's <laughs> life? I know like a fraction of it, and I'm like, I need to hear more about this. So kind of this is what's going to happen. I've made a lot of bad choices that have turned out to be very good stories. Right, <laughs> right Joe? Is that Yeah, that's, is that I would say that's accurate. I mean, I know that they weren't good choices, and Joe knows. He had to live through them and um, unfortunately live through the wake of them. But you're still here. In spirit. And, and physically, <laughs> you're all in one piece. You have extra pieces. Yeah, that, that, that's true. So we are in this beautiful studio. Uh, you asked me if I wanted to do a, a podcast, and I really didn't think I had anything to say. I used to do a podcast on cannabis. Um, I am a cannabis educator, or, or was. I'm a retired cannabis educator. And so I didn't want to do anything like that. Um, but I do have some good stories, like you said. And a lot of them are so unbelievable, incredible, whatever you want to call it, that um, I feel like I need my son almost for, for credibility because people trust him more than they trust me. For a good reason. That's true. But, you know, I mean, I'm not awful. Well, a lot of people, when I start telling stories, because, of course, you know, once I get to know somebody and realize that I might not scare them off, I start telling them stories for entertainment. And then I feel like a lot of times they just assume that I'm maybe not necessarily making everything up, but embellishing and then... Right. You know, they so think then we're they, lying. Yeah, then you they, could just say it. They well, not everyone thinks we're lying outright, but a lot of them do, and or a lot of people have no. What's funny to me is the people who come up to me that know you or think that they know you, <laughs> and then they tell me things that either I already know mm -hmm. or know aren't true. Like it's just everyone has their own perspective on what happened, what's happening now. It, it, it's and Interesting they, to see them process that. And the people here in the Naples area don't even know me from, like, the old Kansas no, the, City No, these days. people, well, what's funny about the people down here is that they, 
most of them look at you like this you know, elite socialite. And <laughs> while that is to an extent the case, I feel like... I have them fooled. That, yeah, that's more, I think, a result of your work ethic than your personality. I'll, I'll take that. Like, that was almost know, a compliment. Well, that's rare from you. Thank you. Yeah, but, you know, that also... You, do, you don't have the decorum of someone who I cuss a little. does what you do and you know you're a little more ghetto than I think most people realize ghetto fabulous <clears throat> that sounds worse than no, just saying not. ghetto ghetto it's fabulous it's not being able to afford like my lifestyle fat black but still doing it do you understand how how enthralled I am at this point because I'm like I need to hear more of this this is just incredible you haven't even gotten to she's pointing guns at my friends like all sorts of crazy stuff now we have to there's context we need context for that well that's a different story (laughs) he lived through it too I mean all of these stories these people lived they're fine Mm -hmm. so you know a lot of our stories though are interesting because um, of the situations that we were put into from life circumstance so you are now 26 and college educated and fully employed, and I am so, so proud. The car's um, paid off. Yes. Got out of school debt-free. I, you're, you're just killing it, and really, I couldn't be more proud of you. Um, and have always been very proud. You've always been a fighter. You've had a lot to fight to, to overcome. So, uh, you know, I've, I've said before that when I had you, I thought that was going to make me mellow. And instead, um, you decided to have a whole shitload of medical problems, <laughs> and um, that kind of forced me into a world that most people don't see, because we had to live on Medicaid, and the, uh, the income requirements at that point, there was no income. I think it was like $1,000 a month, and you weren't allowed to have a car or a couch or you know, crazy. any assets. That's crazy. So if you want your kid to have brain surgery or an ER visit or test or, you know, therapy, anything, then you live under that guideline. So I had to make cash. That was Clinton, right? Has that changed? We're not going to get political. Okay. Um, So. (laughs) (laughs) I did not. Which president? Uh, which president? Does so uh, yeah, we're not looking to blame anyone, and, and they've changed the system. But it really did change our lives because I, you know, there was no question in my mind of what my priority was. Um, and so, you know, a little times, uh, a couple times, maybe I operated outside of the law, well, or was was a spectator to it anyway. That's another misconception I I think people have about you know. The types of things that we've experienced is I feel a lot of people think that it was like you know, a conscious decision to be glamorous and right. have this exciting life. And like it was tough. we were poor and you yeah. know had to make certain decisions to. I mean, I wasn't making decisions. I was a toddler, but <laughs> you were having a great time. Yeah, I, I <laughs> did enjoy. I think part of the reason I like so much '90s pop culture is because that was a fun period of my life when I had no responsibility no concept of reality yeah so i mentioned that you have um these medical issues and you know you you've had them from birth or at Mm -hmm. least the the one major one uh and i don't want to speak for you and be that mom so so yeah for those of you who don't know um which is everyone which well yeah everyone who not everyone but a good percentage of people i was diagnosed very early on with hydrocephalus, which is basically extra fluid on the brain, creating intracranial pressure, 
and uh, craniosynostosis, which is a long, fancy word that just means my skull was already fused together at birth. When babies have soft spots, that's because their skull is still growing. Mm -hmm. My skull had already fused. My brain had no room to grow. So it was trying though. It actually got a little deformed. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Give us more. Don't need to get into detail about that. No, it's important. It was all it was all squished up in there. So the craniosynostosis, which is the the premature fusions of the the sutures in the skull, you were born with that and it got worse and worse. Um, and then you had your first surgery to relieve that at six months old. And then the hydrocephalus was a secondary thing. Um, from the craniosynostosis. But the craniosynostosis also usually it's in one direction or another. It's uh, longitudinal or latitudinal. And yours is primary clavicular craniosynostosis. You're going to freak people out. Which means it can learn a little, okay. which means that you had both. So your, your skull was totally fused together. Your brain was trying to grow. <clears throat> and it actually became like impacted upon itself. So they had to relieve that pressure. So the very first surgery that you had at six months, seven months old um, was to totally take the skull off of your head, uh, to saw it right off, and then they cut it into little pieces. And um, like a puzzle, they reconstructed it. They used kind of like some maybe chicken wire or something. I don't know. I wasn't in the room. And a couple of screws. That happened at Rush Hospital in downtown Chicago for all of my Windy City friends. Fantastic hospital. And they, um, at Rush, they actually call you from the OR. And so the nurse called and said, just wanted to let you know that Joe's doing great. Um, She said, but I'll tell you, we've done thousands of these surgeries. And he had more pressure on his brain than we've ever seen. Like, it's amazing that he was functioning at the level that he was. They said that when they um, cut that skull off, that they actually heard a pop, a popping that's noise. Some, yeah, that's the pressure. Right? You're like, when you have a, a neurosurgeon going, wow, that, that's pretty fucked up. Like, that, that's bad. So, um, so that was, you know, six months old. And then they had you in there seven and a half hours. And they came out and they said, we can't do anymore. We have to, we have to get to a stopping point. Um, but he doesn't have the top of his skull. So we're going to Well, he's got a nice off. set of hair. Now, he's, got a, he's got a nice set of hair. I, mean, so I got lucky good. with you're that. Good, Joe. You know, this is you're seven looking months good, old. Joe. So um, they left the top of his skull off, and they actually banked some of the bone. And they said, let his brain grow unrestricted for six months, and then come back in, and we'll... We'll give them the top how, how of the did head. They, how did they protect that they during did. that time? There was no helmet. Oh, goodness. It, it, I mean, they nothing. were bandages and shit, no. but no. Like, right after? No, yeah, but I, I, mean, I mean, I wouldn't when know. When we but... went home, it was like, here's your kid. Good luck with oh that my no God. top of the skull. I mean, I, I'm scared to death, yeah. you but, know, with you know, everything. mobile. I, mean, I don't remember any old. of this, Yeah, that's true, but... too. You weren't, like, probably running around. Yeah. I remember yeah. a few of the later ones, but, Yeah, so the earlier one you didn't know. So, um, but, you know, you started hitting milestones. I remember that the very first surgery, and it was like your personality started to come through. You know, because I knew something was was off with you, and the the doctors wanted to argue with me. I was alone in Chicago, and I actually, um, it was your three-month-old well check, and I refused to leave the pediatrician's office. And she said, what do you mean you refuse? And I said, I don't know what else to do, but you're not listening to me. And I think I was 21, 22 uh, and on Medicaid, you know, so she didn't really take me seriously either. <laughs> and I said, there's something wrong with my child here. Um, and, you know, you're, you're just not listening. She said, oh, well, let's do a quick neuro exam. And then I hear her say, 
oh. <laughs> and then she gave me, never good. <laughs> Start of all great medical stories. Oh, and so she gave me a referral to um, your first uh, surgeon in Chicago. And we got, like, within two weeks, he was like, oh, yeah, this, this kid's got some And you some said you got a, a good vibe from him. He was such a nice man, Dr. Schaefer. Um, and you actually were getting on a plane in Chicago one time to come back to Kansas City when we lived there. And he saw you and he put you on his lap and did like a quick little neuro exam right there. But you know, most of the doctors and stuff that we have, have seen couldn't pick you out of a lineup. And sure. here this guy was like, hey, Joey, come <laughs> sit on my lap. So, so that was your beginning and it didn't stop. You've had eight total surgeries. Correct. Um, lots of, I think, four reconstructed. I have to say, I think, because honestly, it, four and four. it blends well, four, together four, for Four, three, and one, if you count the shunt placement. Yeah, people think that, like, you know, the, the date is going to be etched in your brain forever. And it's a blur. I mean, we, we were surviving. Yeah, I mean, I honestly don't think about it that often anymore. And yeah. based on stories that I've heard and people I've met who had similar circumstances, I got lucky, like... Most people with those issues, A, don't live to be an adult, but also, you know, there are kids that by the time they're six have 30, 40. Well, it's because it's ridiculous. Of, because of the shunt, you uh, you have a fixed shunt, which means it's like an old fashioned. Yeah, my technology the, is considered archaic by now, but right. it still works. But it drains the fluid off of your brain. It's attached to a catheter in your neck that goes into your stomach. And then the, it just all uh, gets absorbed amazing. there. It's amazing. Right? I have a lot of really gnarly scars that yeah. I'm pretty excited about. Which you about. have good stories for. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I tell people. So, like, people, if you met Tim in a bar and he was like, hey, you've got these huge scars all over your head, what happened to you? What would you say? Alien abduction. Yeah, there's no <laughs> doubt. It, it, w it wouldn't be like, hey, I went through this surgery. Yeah, yeah. Nobody wants It'd to hear that. Shark attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I've said shark said attack, alien yeah. abduction, gang initiation. I'm like, Well, exactly. they, they take you down, they take a box cutter, yeah. they drag it across. <laughs> People will believe anything. Yeah, you got to do something good because, you know, just the norm is not, definitely not. Even car crash is like, eh, you know, you got to mix it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, as, as horrific and traumatic as all of that sounds, the, the surgeries, and it, it certainly was, right? Like, I didn't have to go through it, so, I mean, it was I mean, okay for me. Well, <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, like, it, it wasn't like I had a... You know, I wasn't flipping a coin. Like right. it, there was no choice. Had to be done, <clears throat> right. and they, I had to trust these people knew what they were doing. And that's exactly what I tell people. You know, I make jokes of like, oh well, I'm not the one who went through the surgery. Now we all know, as a parent, you would choose to go through the surgery. Well, and but it's a, not a choice. People who have never had surgery, I, I think, I don't realize. You know, when you watch it on TV, it's different. The effects of those powerful anesthetics that they give you you know you don't wake up and start walking around the room and mm -hmm. using full sentences and like you're out of it for a long time well you also had brain surgery so it, yeah i was gonna tell you joe like you know, when, when, anything when, like you know yeah, when you get your knee banged up or something i mean that's one thing <laughs> but you got like brain surgery i mean you know that's some heavy duty stuff well and it's funny that how much you know you you kind of Know the doctor's name, obviously. You know probably... He saved his life. Yes. I mean, that's that's like a, a bond type of thing you'll never forget. And to put so much faith in somebody like that, uh, you, you didn't have a lot of choices, but... Well, she had to trim awesome. the fat a little bit to yeah. get to a doctor who knew yeah. what he was talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a, Sometimes, yeah. yeah. Somebody who... Yeah, because you never know. I'm like, hey, is this your first uh, brain surgery? 
I know I've done it a while, you know, so it makes a big difference. Well, you know, there, there were also doctors that wanted to argue with me. So we've had fantastic doctors and teachers, um, but there were other ones that would have killed him. You know, one time he was uh, with the hydrocephalus being diagnosed. I took you into a neurosurgeon in Kansas City and he told me you were fine. I was imagining things and come back in six months. And so I called your reconstructive surgeon in Chicago and I said, they're not listening to me out here. Something is wrong with him. And he said, okay, um, how fast, you know, when can you be here? When can you come to Chicago into my office? And I said, it's an eight-hour drive. Give me an hour to pack. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happened. I packed up. We got in the car, drove to Chicago, uh, went into his office. I think he was there on a weekend or something for us. And they they did some tests. And they went, oh, yeah, he has hydrocephalus. And so he's going to need surgery for that. We'll check him right in. Yeah. So, you know, my... And they didn't even have the internet back there to be able to I, diagnose it. You know no. what? And, and thank goodness, really, because I, they I didn't They didn't even have floppy have disk at that, that point. Right. But, you know, I, I didn't... I wasn't connected to other parents. I wasn't able to research. Um, you know, and that's a, an excellent point, is there was no internet. So I'm out there, 21 years old, 22, whatever, trying to fight these neurosurgeons to get them to listen to me. Did not have a good relationship with Joe's father. Did not have a supportive family. Um, you know, I was alone. I was in Chicago uh, alone. I'm not from Chicago. I, I'm from Kansas City. So that's why we, we moved back to Kansas City. So December 15th, 1995, exactly, we moved from Chicago to Kansas City. To my grandparents' house. And I begged my parents to let us move in for a year. And exactly a year to the day, we 96. moved out. Yeah, the, the next year. And so I had to start paying bills. So that's where the story gets good. Yeah, so let's. Let, I mean, <laughs> I mean, this, enough about you and surviving, Joe. This, Come this on, this story is unbelievable. That's why these podcasts are going to be really fun. They really are. We've got, um, you know, we we have a lot of good things to talk about, and and like we said, they're not all glamorized. It was a necessity, but I also like to think that you know I kind of did it with some some style, and we did live a good life. Joe is Italian. A lot of my friends are Italian, which then lended itself to more stories um but we ate well well like, like we went to restaurants uh, you know still now if i'm you know mm-hmm. down if i'm cash poor i can go to a lot of places i mean i went out with you to eat and, and, it, was and, good. and it was free right and, and, and what awesome. type of restaurant was it italian yeah you by go. a real italian yeah, yeah. john luco oh my gosh john cosmos is, is so delicious free plug bring me some pizza next time cosmos pizza so um we have these stories, and I have bullet points of, of things that I thought would be did. interesting. For, well, I'm a little organized in my chaos. So I have these, um, these points that I thought maybe would be kind of interesting to talk about in, in future episodes. So um, I was actually born in an office bathroom because I was the secret <laughs> child. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Stop, 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 <laughs> no, stop. Better. You can't. What, in a I was bathroom? born in an office bathroom because my mother was my father's secretary, and my father was actually married at the time. So my father was an attorney, my mother was his secretary, and um, I was the secret love child. And she didn't have any prenatal because my father apparently was a big jerk and um, had no surprise. idea how far along she was or anything else. So she said she was typing up a will. And she went into the bathroom, and, you know, a couple hours later, and I was 9 pounds, 12 ounces. Wow. That's a big baby. Yeah, 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 But I was coming out, you know, I was probably two weeks overdue or whatever. So nobody helped her. My father said he couldn't handle the the side of blood. Um, And, 
you know, out I came. So that was my beginning in the world, born in a toilet and trying to claw my way up and, and out of that. So that's one story. Um, and then another one would be my family has had three house fires. <laughs> one smoldering, but three house fires in the same house. Uh, horrible children is all I would say about that. And then we have cannabis, of course. Um, I know, Joe, that you don't want to get into where you work, but you do work in the cannabis industry. Correct. And that was not related to me in any way, and I've also worked in I the cannabis industry. I just needed a job. So, so that's interesting. Uh, strip clubs. I used to run strip clubs in a few different states, and then I had a private party service with some of the girls because... They were trying to do things on their own, and they were a mess. They were operating their businesses like strippers. And a lot of those girls were your babysitters. Yeah, I spent a lot of time with them, learned a lot. <laughs> Joe, Joe, I, I just... Until he was like 19. We, we, we need to discuss some things when, when mom's not here, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we'll no, they were wonderful people. Nothing, no, nothing I, weird ever happened. But I definitely learned a lot about, uh, you know, a segment of life that most people wouldn't think to expose a small child to. However, uh, you know, you. I did it differently. Even life remember, isn't always pretty, but it's there. I remember when you were learning um, odds and ratios, and you didn't quite get it, and so we took you to the racetrack. Do you remember that? I do remember that. You learned about odds and ratios. <laughs> nice. You put some money on yeah, it, and they yeah. their little brain starts clicking. Ten to one versus <laughs> two to five. My stepdad was very big on on betting on the the dogs he and the ponies. He was a degenerate gambler. So Not the dogs, me. just the the horses. Well, we did, we didn't have a horse track in yeah, Kansas City, or no, it was a dog track. It was both. Okay, well, we went to, we, we, I spent most of my time with, with him. Are you arguing with me already? Yes, I spent most of my time with him watching Greyhounds. But we watched the horses on the TV, but when we go to the track, it was the dogs. I just remember the, coming home from work and you guys both being in your boxer shorts playing like Guitar Hero for hours and it just smelling like sweaty balls. Technically, it was rock band. <laughs> rock band. That, Whatever. Good. It was terrible. I was like, have either of you showered in days? Well, what are you, you know, doing? I was... 12 he was, he was 12 emotionally 40 he loved video games as much as i did so <laughs> kind of cool setup yeah, there. it yeah, worked yeah. out we're he, not leaving the living room played call of duty madden yeah, all my yeah. favorites he's, he's a very nice man just was not uh we were not meant to be married and then um i have a, a daughter who's 28 who is a playboy model and that is interesting to people uh i used to train tigers that, and that was kind of a yet another deal story most people don't believe because it was it was a cash only deal. Um, Is it anything anything similar to like the Tiger King shit that's going on right now? In some ways, well, we didn't breed. <laughs> did, did anybody? Yeah, that guy was completely irresponsible. Tiger, he, you know. He, the guy that I worked for was responsible. Right. Although when I was telling Joe a story about him. We Googled them, and it, and it had this whole story about how there lions were these, in Arkansas. These lions in uh, that were around his his rescue park, and he was like, "Those aren't my lions." <laughs> like, that was just roaming around some suburban neighborhood, full grown African so lions. Would, Great. Would go outside, and there would be these big lions. Great. So his whole park got shut down. But it turned out they weren't his lions. Somebody tried to get him to take them in, and he refused. And so they just let him go. Them in this neighborhood. Thinking, you know, he'll be forced to go and capture him. You know, these lions just roamed around so in the, Arkansas. They put, it, they put the responsible back, responsibility back on him. Yes. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so so some old lady down. baking pies sees his lion walk through her backyard. Seriously. 
But he, but he, yeah, and he was one of the most responsible animal rescuers. So we didn't declaw or neuter the animals. Oh, there's a good um, story about that, and that too. And that does lend itself then um, to some things that can go wrong when you have female models trying to work with the full-grown male cat. These podcasts are going to be great. So that's the whole story. Um, and they're not going to be family-friendly. I'm sorry, my life has not been family-friendly. The platform is called Uncensored for a reason. Buck up. Yeah. That's it. That's true. So uh, also, Kansas City Mob, um, they were a big part of Joe's childhood and and my life. Uh, We got a lot of stories there. And you know, the Kansas City Mob controlled the Vegas skim. So that movie Casino is um, actually about one of the... All the the money came through Kansas City. One of the guys that, um, he kind of lived with us for a while, so... Uh, Tuffy DeLuna, he's he's a great character. Um, and there are people that I can't say their names, but Carl is uh, no longer here, and there are books about him. He, you know, he's a famous monster. He has a Wikipedia page. Everybody knows. I'm not letting any cat out of the bag with that one. It's, yeah, it, it's out there. Um, then I have a, a good friend, speaking of, I have a good friend that's in prison that had a big publicized story. Uh, and I used to take Joe to to the level five maximum security prison to visit when I think you were, what, three, four years old? That was when it started, probably, yeah. And we well, went yeah, until we went I was nine or ten. Until we moved, yeah. How, how often did you go? Uh, there were times where we would go, like, once a week. Yeah, we I mean, it was a bit of a drive, like, 45 minutes, but, you know, you have time. Did they... they- they treat you pretty good when you went there. Oh at, yeah, at no, young we, age? yeah, like it was king. great. Yeah, uh, you know, I obviously didn't understand the context of some of the other people in that room and why they were there. But uh, you know that when you're in that kind of environment, that's not really the time to get on your high horse anyway. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I'd say that's a good statement. <laughs> he, yeah, and there was that time. We'll we'll save it for a later episode. Yeah. But there was that time that you almost started a whole uh, prison race riot. riot. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Um, <sighs> I got I got to hear this stuff. I, I just don't think we can wait. <laughs> no. The vending machines had great snacks. I got a pet out of the deal one time. <laughs> Ice cream cake for your birthday. Yeah, so all at the prison. <laughs> Whenever I too. see people pay with those little gold dollar the, the coins, dollars, yeah. I always think, oh, I haven't seen these since I went to prison because because <laughs> they didn't like you. Take yeah, well, when you go into the visiting in. room, you right, can't yeah, take yeah, cash. You can't take. So they have yeah. these machines like a pool hall yeah, where you put yeah. the money in. Not that you've ever been in a coins. pool hall. Yeah, I've been so plenty of pool I never took you to one of those places. Eight ball pool lounge in Fort Myers. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> one of those places you can still smoke inside. So speaking of uh, gambling, my mother is a professional gambler. I think she's retired now, but she used to run these poker games um, twice a week in our basement. So we would have all these politicians and you know, different nefarious characters all Savellas. playing poker. Uh, no, I don't think they were there. No? Mm. Um, but... It was then she started to uh, run games all over town, and so it wasn't until the casinos came in and you know stole all the money that she had to retire. So she had a regular job after working for my father. She had her own business, and then she shut that down because she was making more money playing poker. Yeah, and um, you know I don't know what she does with her her tax situation. I didn't ask, but uh, I'm sure that that was probably a wise also. decision. Yeah. So, and then, you know, my father was an attorney. He passed away a couple years ago. My father was an attorney, and he represented a lot of prostitutes. And he had this couch in his office called the Fee Couch. Um, and there was the whole whole mystique around that office and, and his practice. So that's another episode. And then we kind of talked about my, my ex-husband, who was a film producer. 
Um, he's the whole episode mm-hmm. in himself. And then all the jobs that I've had or created for myself that you don't think I'm qualified for, Joe. Because on paper, <laughs> you're not. But that doesn't mean anything. I, and I, that doesn't, I've I, rocked them all, have I not? Well, Come that on. Bath and Beyond could have gone better, but... Uh, they fired me because I won Hottie of the Year on the radio, and I had no idea that that contest <laughs> was even happening. <laughs> that was the second time she worked at Bed Bath and Beyond. The first time, she used to help Walter Payton shop for his house. Oh, interesting. Oh, Curtains. yeah, that's true. I forgot about Towels. that. Towels. Yeah, in, in Chicago. He in would Denver. come in because he was bored, and, well, it's a whole... We can talk about that in another episode. The, the Chicago episode. So we have a ton to talk about. Um... And I don't know where we're going to start. Maybe we'll do a poll or something. I don't, I don't know. But Let other people decide. That's always a good but idea. But I think that it's, it's going to be a very interesting show. What would you like to hear about first, Tim? What do you think is the most interesting I, you, on that list? On that list, I'm, I'm really liking the, the whole, I don't know, I, I like the whole Kansas City mob thing. Everybody's interested in the mob, That's kind of cool. Right? Yeah, that I mean, was, that the, was the thing with that is that's time. like a... a a can of worms there. When you open that up, it's going to get just even better as we go further. I mean, it's just going to be crazy. I, there, everything that you indicated on your list, and, and I know that's only probably a partial oh, yeah. list. This was that's just a small twenty-five percent. You know, it's just a teaser to get you guys, you know, active and on because this podcast is going to be rocking. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I think for so. sure. For and sure. you know, we also do really want to talk about. Um, the fact that I, maybe I'm a bitch, but it's for good reason. Like, I've had to handle all these situations. I've come through all this. And I'm sorry that you've had to suffer for that, Joe, but. <laughs> no, you're not. You're getting a podcast now. Yeah. I you're mean, welcome. We're going to have a lot of fun. It. We're going to have a lot of fun. Sometimes life throws you curveballs and you got to just swing. All right. I don't know if that was really insightful or not, but. Um, but I'm getting hungry, like I usually am. So I think we're going to wrap it up and say goodbye. So that's it. That's all you get. And we'll see you next time. Looking forward to it. So enthusiastic, really. Great energy, Joe. Come on. Please make sure to download and listen to SOB on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Don't forget to like and share on social media. This has been a Studio 239 production.